You want to know a funny sock story? Um, I have this student who's always wearing these big, long uh, soccer socks. And he's when he, he starts, like, pulling them down and, and taking them off, like, halfway. So I taught him what a party sock is. <laughs> and, uh, and then the other day, he was like, teacher, look, party sock. <laughs> he's going to think this is a huge American culture thing, right? <laughs> I don't it's know. It's very much not. <laughs> No, it's not at all. It's just a weird thing my friend's dad would say. <laughs> putting on my party sock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we all know what a party sock is. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And we are back once again uh, with our giant, uh, our big giant robots arc. Uh, We're having a great time with it. Uh, We kicked GoBots to the curb. We said, fuck off, GoBots. You're not providing anything of substance. Uh, We said, no, thank you. Uh, and while we're on the subject of kicking things, uh, Uh, we are out here in the wild. Uh, we're in the jungles right now. Uh, and, uh, Andy got bit by a big snake. And so we are trying to kick the poison out of him. Uh, cause we're not going to like, you know, use our mouth. Well, because he bit me in a kind of a sensitive place and they Mm -hmm. have refused thus far to suck it out. Yeah, like it's, like you're supposed to say the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it none of us really wanted to do it, so we're trying to kick the poison out of him. And I think if we kick hard enough, it should, you know, it should have an effect. Yeah, so far, uh, there is an effect. Mm-hmm. What is there's that? been an there's been an effect on bones. Mm-hmm. They're they're certainly cracking, but I think you know, like good like good CPR. I guess sometimes that's you gonna happen. You're gonna break bones to save a life. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm willing to I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit. Um, and I think kicks are kicks are sort of the kicks are the are are like friend the friend version of suck, right? That makes oh, sense. Boy. That, I, that yeah. math works out. Actually, and I have I, I I've seen that on the on like a sign <laughs> at a, one of those home goods stores, mm. one of those wood block signs, and it says "Kicks are the friend version of socks." <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're trying to trying to save his life. I don't know, Rory. Do you have any ideas of how we can get the venom out of Andy? Yeah. Any any other ideas? Uh, speak for the group. We're always open to new ones. I'm pretty, I propose kicking, and I feel like you've been kind of quiet. <laughs> I have been quiet. You know, when you hear a good idea, you don't need to rock the boat. Uh, <laughs> sure. It seems to me like we got to just get to kicking. And Andy. Okay, okay well. Present the meat. Present I, it. I mean, it's it's there. It's it's purple and. And there's two big holes in it, but here's the here's the meat. Please keep doing what you're doing. Though I would I would encourage you to keep your minds open to whatever 
possible other ideas might mm. float by. Oh, yeah, here's one. Here's one. Rory, what do you think? Prayer? Mm. Oh, now that one uh, I've kept in the back pocket. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I've heard great things about prayer's work in the hurricane uh, mm. uh, space. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I do think it is applicable to Andy's situation as well. Yeah. Uh, we could also try donating to our Patreon. I don't know if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. These are all, these are all really, <coughs> don't mind, well, don't mind any of that. What, what happened there? That's just my insides coming out of the mouth, but. Okay. Um, well, I will. Uh, Andy, have you watched any good cartoons lately? Oh, from down here, you know it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, we've, uh, I guess, I guess. We watched another episode of Gunbuster, which is always really uh, yeah, a, a fun a fun show. Continues to slay. Yeah, continues to slay. Uh, I'm currently watching an anime of my own called Gutbuster, but that's that's just <laughs> sort of a side effect of of mm, the life saving. Is it possible yeah. that if we were able to track down and kill the snake that bit you, would that <laughs> you know, <laughs> would that help? Would that like a like a vampire's curse? If we slay the sire, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, in in a funny way, I think that might help. It might, uh, at, at most, fix the initial injury, but then I will still be sort of dealing with the knock-on effects of the many kickings, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think killing the snake will fix. Sure, sure. It will give me a nice sense of closure, though, as I exit this uh, this world. Is there a kind of bodily fluid on the snake that's the anti-venom? <laughs> like they hide it on them? Like like they produce the 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 nega venom somewhere in them, and that's what helps, right? Like if you can make a snake, well, I don't know, it's a little crass. I don't know if I want to say it here, but you know, if if you can do that to a snake, do you think that's the anti-venom? Like if you twist it instead of bop it, the anti-venom comes out. The opposite of war is love, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like and the opposite of a snake of... bite is to is a bite a snake. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, well, it's either that's that or a I couldn't thing. tell whether or not Austin was trying to figure out how to make the snake come anti venom. I wasn't really sure uh, where we were going. Yeah, it's it's a little crass, but I'm just wondering. <laughs> this is you know we're men of science. Uh, you know, if, <laughs> the opposite of him biting is is the is the you know is the, the other, other side is the, the other, other side, and that's anti big swing and snake dick. Yeah. Oh, check it out. Guess what else I watched down here in the dirt, uh, in this jungle? It was the new show that we decided to bring in, finally, after many years of enjoying its theme song. It's Mazinger Z. Yes. Or Majinga Zedo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, brand new from the 60s? 70s? 75? 72. 72. Awesome. 1972's Mazinger Z. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to talk about this show. Yeah. Do you guys think that you're going to keep up the kicks during our discussion? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. well, Rory, do you want to keep up the kicks while I go try to find and kill or or romance the snake? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it couldn't hurt. Yo, famous- it couldn't, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, well, uh, all right. Actually, Rory, your foot's a little tender. You know, you may want to, you know, oh. just pace, pace yourself. I'm sorry uh, my body is a little too hard for your, your foot with all the uh, kicking. Is I'll your use, foot okay? I use my ankle bone 
when I get when I get weak, when I feel mm-hmm. weak in the knees. Got it. Yeah, I'm so glad call. you've got alternate ideas for that. That's yeah, really okay. helpful. Well, well, I think uh, I think what would take my mind off of this situation is if we is if we jumped in and started talking about something. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's yeah. dive right in. All right, well, we've got a moment of quiet. Uh, (laughs) Austin is in a bush with a snake, and I have not chosen to ask further questions. (laughs) give me your andy's venom (laughs) oh that could be a problem (laughs) this Uh, is andy venom Uh, we watched a new show this week. We watched Mazinger Z, and we jumped into episode 46, The Ninja Twin Mechanical Beasts Appear. Uh, we're going to get into all this, all the all the synopsis stuff that doesn't make sense quite yet, because we, we jumped in headfirst just like y'all about to. Uh, the mm-hmm. synopsis says, Dr. Hell intends to blow up the research institute with a cobalt bomb and sends two twin robots, Brozas, S1 and S2. And that's that is spelled, the description. That is, we got to say how that is spelled, at least in in English. B R O Z A S S. Bros ass. Or bros ass. But bros ass. Yeah. Uh, Majingo. Majingo. I, we, Slaps. We have, the, so, the, mu- the in episode music. Yeah. Also, God. Really hot. Yeah. Oh, man. Just on all cylinders. This is this honestly, this comes out pretty hot for 1972. Mm, I agree. So, like, Uh, uh, my feeling was maybe a little more tempered than you guys, but like for for a kids show from the 70s, like its contemporaries are doing a pretty like it's just Speed Racer, Astro Boy, and (laughs) yeah. Well, I was uh, even on the American side, right? We what do we got going on in the 70s? Like, we got Scooby Doo, yeah. um, like it does on one hand feel very much like a kids show from the 70s it it, it isn't timeless and yet pretty delightful and beautiful and punching above its weight mhm yeah another yeah. Uh, a, a, a sort of smattering of of animated tv shows that were coming out in 1972 in the, in the united states we've got uh, the Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan. We've got uh, <laughs> continuations of the Flintstones. They're just still doing the Flintstones. Flintstones we got, Jetsons. We've got some extra Josie and the Pussycats content. There's uh, continuing constant Scooby-Doo and uh, the original C-Lab 2020 uh, coming out during during this time. And it is, it is interesting to me. A mile wide and inch deep. <laughs> 
all of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's that's the thing is that like watching because I've watched several of those shows, obviously, uh, and they are they're so much heavier on the on the nonsense and the time wasting. I feel like, and I think the strongest thing I can say about watching Mazinger is that I never felt like it was wasting my time. Like, no. not there much. was never not a lot of not a lot of escapades or uh, you know overwrought robot battles they're ter- well, and, they're they're tight and yeah. sometimes you watch these old cartoons and like the scenes kind of drag for no reason right like mm-hmm. they just sort of like linger on a shot or like they constantly repeat shots or like people talk too slowly like this yeah. show is like we know you got somewhere to be plot point plot point new thing fight for a second plot point let's move it on let's move it on and then the I episode mean, was there's, over there's there's horseplay with the baby that we'll get to and uh, yeah, and a little not much. Yeah, no. not, I, I guess I don't know. It, it felt the baby, the baby thing felt odd because it was sort of superfluous until the baby is kind of a Chekhov's baby at the, at the <laughs> <end>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to hold off. I want to I want to set up the entire show, actually. Like, yeah, what let's is, go for it. Yeah, let's like, do it. What yeah. is Mazinger Z? Um, why is it? Why are we doing it as part of this arc? Um, and the answer mm-hmm. is that it is not terribly complicated to explain. Mazinger Z is the name of a very big robot, and yep. he is piloted by our sort of, you know, sort of milk toast hero. What is it, Koji Kabuto? Yep, Koji. Um, and Kogi, Koji, yeah, Koji. It's Koji. Um, yeah. Uh, and. He, I guess, I'm guessing that uh, he hangs out with sort of a similar to Speed Racer kind of like crew of like a woman, a little kid, an old guy. Uh, and he's sort of the guy who does, who uses the magic special vehicle to defeat evil, to defeat a bunch of Dick Tracy villains. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's kind of basically Speed Racer in a nutshell. Um, only this is in the mecha, very firmly yeah, in the mecha think- genre. I would say this so we've talked about this a little bit before this this piece of media probably falls more into the tokusatsu bucket than speed racer would Ooh, say tokusatsu, it again. tokusatsu baby <laughs> tokusatsu um tokusatsu is basically just like I mean I think it literally means something like special effects I mean like the 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 genre is about being flashy and fun and doing big splashy things um, and it's, you know, it starts with the Godzillas and the giant monsters, and then it evolves and, you know, contains the Power Rangers, the Kamen Riders, the, the giant mecha shows, like there's kind of this tradition. They all have a similar structure too. And I, I think that's where Speed Racer borrows is the, is a bit of the structure, but like, you know, you've got these, these, these heroes, they have some kind of high concept, potentially transforming future tech that they use to fight not altogether normal baddies in, uh, in exactly in act three and no other. Time. Yes, exactly. In act three. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a very comfortable format. Uh, they do it in Japan, uh, in live action they do it in animation they do it on stage there's stage versions of this stuff that happens mm-hmm. and it's very popular it's uh it's a it's a really interesting genre and uh and i think that this is a pretty good a pretty good example um but one that's a little maybe I, uh, more than i expected grounded in reality i feel like we spent more of this 
show sort of maybe it's just this episode we watched like dealing with people things um mm, yeah uh, and i i liked that yeah and actually i mean so we get a fair amount of the you know we we mentioned before it's not really nonsense but you know the the high the high stakes robot stuff is pretty present i would call it i would call it at least half the episode with the bad mm-hmm. guys and the ninja robots but yeah feels it felt very human it felt like we were staying uh, we were saving the robot fight for the end uh, with some robot hijinks leading up to it. Uh, yeah. Great. Just great pacing. Great all around. Yeah. On that um, front. We were we were drawn uh, to start chatting about the episode specifically. We were drawn to pick this episode and, or a few other episodes because in the synopses, uh, <laughs> in the list of synopses for all these episodes of Mazinger Z, uh, there was an, a, a few names that kept coming up. Uh uh, one was seemed to be a primary antagonist named Doctor Hell, and the bad guys so are goofy. Funny. <laughs> it's a silly name. The name, the name Doctor Hell is just incredible. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, d- there's he, no cruff d- there, right? There's no beating around no. the bush. This is a bad dude. His name <laughs> Dr. is Doctor Hell. Doctor Hell. <laughs> Hell is like um evil grandpa who looks uh-huh. like he's a foot in the grave. Mm-hmm. He's he's mean. He's angry. He wants to destroy stuff. He's got two underlings who each sort or, of or or either underlings or sort of like also competing bad people. I don't know exactly. I mean, it's clear Doctor Hell holds the the whip. He has in higher this relationship. status. That is true. Um, but these other two, they seem to represent their own organizations of evil doers. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Count Brocken, uh, who is who is a body. And yeah. a, a head in a jar, <laughs> like a Futurama yeah. head. He's got a he holds his own head and yells about it. Uh, and then we've got Baron Ashura, who is doing like a two face thing with like I think. Could you tell? It seems like a lady half and a yeah, guy. Yeah, it's half? a lady half and a dude half, and it speaks with both a female and a male voice at the same time. Which is, which is fun. fun. That's it fun. is yeah. fun. The design is goofy as all shit, but <laughs> oh, yeah. it is a it is a fun idea. That I know they will not explore very deeply. Um, yeah, <laughs> they they will not be they, dealing the, with gender identity a whole lot necessarily. No. But uh, you know, they're fine. At the beginning of this episode, they sort of outline their plan. Uh, Doctor Hell has identified uh, a moment in time because this is forty at forty six episodes in. They have seen Mazinger Z rise out of his uh, his. He like hides under. They hide him under like a pool at like some sort of research facility. It's like but the they Fulton know exactly Institute where he is. is their home base. Yeah, like the bad guys know exactly where he lives. Mm. Uh, they've got a bunch of like, um, you know, security around there, so they can't just walk in or whatever. But like the bad guys know, and they've got footage, and they're like, okay, every time this giant robot comes out from underneath their their fun swimming pool, it's unmanned for a minute until the the like until. Koji lands his like helicopter part into the head part. Yeah. So, so imagine, like, yeah, imagine that there's like a crew cockpit that that's like a baseball hat basically for for the <laughs> for robot. And that's, where, that's where the guy's at. Um so that yeah. in between stage they can like blow it up. Yeah. And so they their plan now is to plant their new cobalt bomb in the pool so that the next time Mazinger Z tries to come out, he triggers the bomb and explodes. And then they'll all laugh. 
And I, what I loved is that Count Brocken and Baron Ashura, like, start bickering over who's going to be in charge of the mission. And mm-hmm. there's this amazing animated sequence where Brocken, like, has a plate of peas, and he, like, flicks a pea into Ashura's eye. <laughs> yeah. And Ashura's like, no! And, like, slams her hand on the table, and their wine, like, flies into Brocken's face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like wine sort of splashes weird... on his disembodied head, and he's very <laughs> yeah. steamed. Like a like a weird adult food fight. It's so good. Yeah. Um. But no, Doctor Hell already has someone in mind to do this, and it's uh, it's the Bros ass siblings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They call them. I mean, brothers, right? They're they're brothers, siblings, but they are. It's you know, it's the like we can't mutilate anybody on screen so they're just going to be robots and we're going to not really acknowledge it mm-hmm. um they're going to be robots in sort of visual visuals only but you know they'll talk about their death later. <laughs> spoiler but you know yeah. it's it seems like they're they're living people and that they're brothers but they're just you know they're robots, robots for pr for pr purposes only <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and, the, and and he taught them how to be ninja Okay, so okay, so these these gentlemen, I can say, these are the loudest ninjas I've ever seen. Um, I would love to. I would love to. What's your background like (laughs) in the the ninja space? I would love to. I would love to clip drop just like ten seconds of them moving anywhere. They're sort of mm-hmm. locomoting anywhere with the most sound effects you can possibly use. <laughs> it's so funny to think about these guys being like stealthy and they're they're these sort of like walking tanks that are just going <laughs> like Guys, <laughs> as soon as they get to the base and they encounter this crying baby, it's like they shit all over their own dicks. They're just yeah. like, oh, no, <laughs> like chucking the baby back and forth. They're making stupid faces like they don't know what to do. And then they run. Well, yeah, because oh, they're, the they're trying to they're trying to sneak up to the base to plant this bomb on 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 Mazinger. And then a woman, a sad crying woman shows up out of nowhere with a baby in a basket right next to the the laser grid front door. And and then when the ninjas see the baby during their stealth mission, it turns into like a Mr. Bean sketch, basically, because <laughs> um, the baby's crying. And they're trying to quiet down the baby. And it's like, it's very entertaining. Yeah, it's God. very cute. When there are no ninjas. No, no. Um, But basically, then the baby starts crying. The ninjas disappear. They've missed their chance for now. Uh. And then our main characters, uh, which is Koji, some sort of child, uh, a a adolescent, a youth, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. young ward or something. I don't know. Younger brother. uh, Shiro. Shiro Kabuto. Young brother. Okay. Younger brother. Okay. And then I don't know, just the lady that they have. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's uh, Sayaka. She's... She's like a their cousin or sister girlfriend what you know whatever her deal is um i think uh, she's supposed to be into koji so i don't i mean i don't think sure. they're any closer than cousins mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It's seventies anime. I can't put anything off the table. Boy, you really can't, um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they all find this baby and take it in, and uh, I don't know. It's it, it. This is sort of what the show becomes for a little bit. It does. Yeah. It kind of turns into a family drama. There's like some weirdly frank conversation where like the little brother Shiro, they're like, they're like, wow, why would somebody leave a baby? And they're like, well, it's hard to raise a baby today. And the little brother goes, yeah, some people just put their babies in the river, stick them in coin lockers. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. It gets dark again, too. when We find out about the baby's mom. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. Although before that, before that, there's a line about, uh, where the baby's just being fed by by the the woman, and who happens to have just a bottle of maybe formula she does ready? Somehow have that, uh, but I think it's the kid who's like, "Wow, your feminine instincts sure are crazy," you know, or it's like, <laughs> "Wow, you sure are a woman, huh?" And she's like, "I the baby was just hungry. Like, what what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I just fed the baby. That's not magic." Yeah. <laughs> Although she later uh, kind of reverses on that stance and says, you know, it's kind of the, you know, oh, men can't be, men can't be, men can't raise a baby. Uh-huh. You're too useless, which whatever. <laughs> it's the 70s. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, yeah, because this, this presumably maybe teenaged girl uh, also offers to raise the baby herself. I'm like, no, does, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Um. So the then they find the, the note. Yeah, they find the note. Um, and it's basically saying like, hey, this baby's father died like last year and I'm having a really hard time and I'm going to drop the baby off. And then it's I don't know if she says it or it's just strongly implied that she's going to kill herself. Yeah. I mean, that's Which what they sucks. take from it. They're like, oh, yeah. shit, she's going to kill herself. Um. Yeah, it's like she she can't deal with it and she doesn't want the baby to die, but she can't deal with this anymore. And so she's going to go and so she's going to leave the baby with better people or whatever. Um, Yeah, pretty, pretty intense for a giant robot show, I would say. Uh, And then <laughs> uh-huh. and then Sayaka's like, I want to take care of it myself. No, we can't take it to an orphanage. And the solution they end up on is that, well, if we don't want to take it to an orphanage, we don't want Sayaka to raise a baby herself, teen mom style. I guess we better go find the mom and convince her to take the baby back. And also not um, die. Also not And kill also herself. to not to kill yourself. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but Koji gets on his motorcycle and he goes off to do just that. And meanwhile, the ninjas are planting that bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as he leaves, there's a ninja just like right outside, and it looks to all the world to me like he just kind of throws himself on the ground and hopes mm-hmm. Koji won't see him, and he doesn't, and he's like, "Phew, <laughs> they're not good. They're bad ninjas." <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, bad um, ninja. <laughs> bad ninja. Um. So I at this point I was really not sure how this show was going to like how the show was going to stick the landing um mm-hmm. what exactly was going to happen here and the very interesting twist that I think is brilliant is and I don't know if they really like do everything with it that they could have but this woman is off wandering the cliffside um ready to jump off the cliff 
And then all of a sudden, above her, she overhears uh, uh, Baron, Baron Baron Ashura. Ashura. Yeah. And all of the the forces of doom or whatever talking. You kept track of all these characters a lot better than I did. There was a lot. Yeah. There were. I had to. I had to do some separate research. Okay. Okay. I um, did. The the but they're basically they're detailing their entire nefarious plan about like yes once the bomb gets triggered by you know Koji and then Mazinger then it'll blow up and whatever and so this woman who's like had nothing she felt like nothing to live for suddenly has overheard this evil plan and now has a mission like has a very clear goal and she knows that the place that she just left her baby is about to explode. And so, you know, uh, she now is, has a renewed, uh, uh, vigor, which feels real. Right. I mean, it it doesn't, you know, it feels like I think almost anybody in that situation, you know, once you have that information, you know, you gotta do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now Uh, she does, they do catch her immediately after that and fire rockets at her and oh my god they shoot so many rockets at her like oh i thought she was gonna explode yeah like doom Doom style she she falls unconscious and so it's it's then up to what bolsu uh yeah a bunch of like street toughs who are friends i don't know what their whole deal yeah so so here's 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 my side research research right boss let's hear it boss is this like and not particularly attractive thick man uh, that they know. Uh, and he is, he is a former school chum of Sayaka. But he kind of has his own little gang. Okay. Yeah, the girl. And he's got his own little gang uh, of these people named... <laughs> I think, is it M- Muka and Nuke? Something, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know. think they ever got... say their names in the episode. He's got two little underlings, and they're always together. They've got a little gang. They're on motorcycles or whatever. And uh, Boss has a big crush on Sayaka. And that's all you really need to know. Because uh, they... But they're all friends. You know, he's got his own honor or whatever. And Mm -hmm. Koji shows up and is like, have you seen a lady? And they're like, no, we haven't seen a lady. And boss is like, well, how's Sayaka doing? And Koji's like, she's taking care of the baby and drives off. And he's like, baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like a double take. Oh, yeah, the baby. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And so when he gets to the base and is like, Sayaka, did you have a baby? She like slaps him. She's like, how dare you? And he's like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a very confusing day for boss. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) but yeah so she asks them to go help koji look for the mom and so they all head back off and so everyone's out looking for the mom and uh and i guess that's they they all sort of collide at the same time like koji finds the mom and like saves her from some falling rocks that the ninja robots have been trying to crush her with and then uh they kind of fight a little bit but then the Boss's gang shows up and everybody runs off. And the the upshot of all of it is that Baron Ashura is like, it, none of this fucking matters. We because Koji is gonna go and get Mazinger Z and he's gonna fucking explode. Yeah, and we'll yeah. just and the, kill the woman. And it's and all the fun. woman. Yeah, the woman's still unconscious, so she hasn't been able to relay this message to anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Koji's like, 
Okay, I'm going to run off and get Mazinger. Boss, you take care of the lady. You protect her. And so he's running off. And then, you know, uh, uh, in that time when the woman, like, barely wakes up and is able to give just, like, brief snippets to Boss about, like, bomb, uh, there's a bomb, bomb. Uh. And <laughs> so then now you've got Boss also running back to, you know, uh, get the word out behind him. Uh and it's just like it's a fun it's a fun dynamic. Yeah. It's just like it's it's a very cool way to create tension and interesting experiences before a giant robot has even entered the picture, right? Yeah. It's like uh just a very clever plot. Um And I think that's mostly what I was talking about earlier and I was like we spend a lot of time with the people in this episode is cuz like a lot of the a lot of the action and the drama happens, like you said, before any robot, any giant robot shows its face, and I I truly appreciate that uh, a lot, um, because I've watched so many shitty cartoons that would have just brought the robot out and spent all of Act Two pew pew lasering. Well, and like um, the the boringness comes from the kind of uh, knowing full well that the giant robot always wins and. It's going to be fine. We just sort of, it's just a waiting game until act three for when Mm -hmm. the nonsense happens and when they can just like fucking stomp all over the bad guys. And to turn that sort of like, uh, to turn that into a, uh, you know, a ticking time bomb, like to turn that, you know, when he activates the, you know, the, the, the Mazinger, like, it's cool. It's just like a really cool way to, to mess with it. I agree. Um, yeah. And so, so he, he gets, he gets back to base and he's like launching the robot and it's raising up and it's like a foot away from the trip cable for the bomb. And this is where Chekhov's <sighs> baby goes off. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is, this is the one thing that's like just stupid, right? You know mm-hmm. what I like? So it is stupid. The, the baby pays off like narratively. <laughs> it's corny. It's really corny. The thing that wound up working for me was that in a in a children's show, usually what's going to happen is there's some reason why Mazinger's better than the bomb, and bombs are and he, mm-hmm. and he wins. Right. Uh, yeah. This this mattered apparently. Yeah. It seemed really like high stakes to yeah. not have the bomb blow up on Mazinger. Yeah, because what yeah. the baby does to to just to say it, the baby just happens to hit the emergency stop button that's just on the wall <laughs> next to him and the baby just sort of smacks it because it's bright and colorful um and it's and so it stops the robot from hitting the trip cable like inches away uh, yeah which which gives boss just enough time to catch up on his motorcycle to hop out and go there's a bomb and yeah they all uh finally realize there's a bomb there so mm-hmm. uh so they're able to get out around it they cut okay. the wires and so they're able to do that. And, and that means that the full sort of Mazinger activation sequence can happen, uh, yes. in all of its glory. And, oh, and the song plays, which one though? Uh, so, <laughs> so there's a regular song for Mazinger to, you know, for, for the pilot, for Koji to like land in the, in the crown of the, of the robot and to sort of go out and start fighting. And he's, you know, fighting the, the bros ass brothers and, mm-hmm. And then I don't know, whatever, there's some reason why he's not kicking their ass, uh, 
right? Like there's some problem. He like the the windshield gets smashed in or something, and he's getting hit by by electricity, and so he has to call. He has to. Summon. Well, it's also that that Ashura has the other two gang members and the mom hostage. Oh, and that's is like, right. Is like threatening him, like, "Hey, don't uh-huh. come any closer. Or I'll fucking ice these bitches." Right, right, yeah. What I want to talk about is my new love in this world is Jet's grander. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently this thing, this extra component, uh, this sort of deus ex machina of of Mazinger Z is called Jet's grander, which is Mm -hmm. this like extra drone, which I guess becomes a belt and the wings on the back of the robot, but it's like a little drone air aircraft that launches separately. And it has its own theme song, which we will play yes. right now. Three, two, one, zero. Hasha! Oh, so the no tsubasa. So no nawa jetto skranda. And the lyrics, the listening to the translated lyrics as it plays, it's just like the skies are owned by our beautiful red friend Jet's Grander. It's just like it's incredible um this like poetic ode to jets grander (laughs) the drone strike (laughs) yeah my question is why doesn't he have the wings on all the time i yeah i i do wonder although it seemed to help because he's that he didn't because he's yeah well he's modeled after the toy i assume or at least modeled to be that kind of toy um, but yeah, you know, wings are good. Have wings if you can. Have wings if you can. Yeah, have, have jets if grander can. if you can. <laughs> if you can grander. get, if you can get jets grander. Oh boy, game over. Um, I mean, yeah, it's somehow you know he does it. I guess. I guess he destroys the the bad guys real quick once he has jets grander. And <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh, I don't know. We okay. So this is probably the biggest faceplant of the episode. Is uh, the day yeah. saved? Uh, we find out the baby's name is Shinchan, which I think is pretty funny. That um, is funny. Unrelated to the show, but you know. And then they just sort of muse about the mom. They don't really talk. Yeah, they to they her. lay there in the flowers. She's happy. And they're like, I don't think she's gonna be killing herself anytime soon. <laughs> like, like that's the vibe it has. The day like, I saved. bet she's learned. Yeah, now that she knows that life good. is good, uh, <laughs> she won't kill herself, which uh, sucks. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, to say nothing of the socioeconomic factors that may that may be plaguing her still. Um, uh-huh. Nothing that led her to deposit the baby and go to kill herself has actually changed. No. You know, like, as far as I can tell, did they just sort of pat her on the back with her baby and send her on her way? I think um, so. I think so. Um, so that's, you know, that's not great. Um, I don't know what the. But you know, forget about that. Jet's grander. 
Jeff, Jeff's grander. Oh boy. Thank God. I want to tell Jeff's you. So Mazinger, Mazinger is a whole franchise, right? There's a bunch of different Mazinger shows or related shows to Mazinger Z. Uh, and there are across the shows and across the various different robots. Uh, there is an article on the Mazinger wiki that's just called Scranders. <laughs> because I guess that's sort of a more general term. Uh, <laughs> there are flying vehicles that attach themselves to robots. <laughs> and so we've got, yeah, Jet Scrander, but there's also Venus Scrander, Z Scrander, Kaiser Scrander, God Scrander. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm very into God's grandeur. And then Emperor Ariola. <laughs> the boob the boob <laughs> the, the boob, boob circles? Well, well, it's got an E at the end, not an A. Oriole. Mm. I don't okay. know. I don't fucking okay. know. Uh I just wanted you to know that there's more scranders to enjoy. Thank God. I hope they all have their own song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's let's play us off with the uh, with the t- more Jets grander. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, it is Andy. It is Jingle O'Clock. It's money. It's zero money thirty. We're getting them. Whoa. We're getting paid. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready to pull up your pull up your boots and your gaiters and wade into the bog uh, where the money lives and pull some money turnips out of the bog? <laughs> oh, so when my dad always told me money didn't grow on trees. It was explicitly no, it was because- in the bog. They grow in the bog. It wasn't. It wasn't to tell me something. It was just. No, it's you're you're in the wrong place. Yes. So, anyways. Yeah, I'd love the, to wade in the bog. The bog with the money turnips is just the reality of life, and nothing to do with the sponsor of the week. So, put that out of your mind for a moment, and tell everybody about justice for Johnny. Yeah, justice for Johnny. Oh, I forgot to say, Johnny's a clam. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're uh we're all here, you know, trying to trying to raise raise some money, raise awareness about uh about the plight of a dear friend of ours on the podcast, Johnny. Uh we've known him for how long? It's been it's been years that, oh, that Johnny's been certainly. a certainly a, a big friend. A clam's age. A clam's age. It's been a clam's age since we since we first met Johnny. And uh, he's got into a bit of a predicament. Um, see, he uh, he recently got trawled mm. uh, out of the out of the ocean. I don't know if you trawl for clams, but if you do, you, he got he got trawled out and uh, and turned into one of those those like. I don't know if you trawl for clams, but if you do, <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually 
Yeah, it's a quite a quite a crazy story because he was just sort of flo- you know like clams float in the middle of the ocean sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> move on the move when they yeah. need to when they're migrating for the winter. Um, and he got taken, and he's uh, he's been put to work uh, in one of those the, one of those TikTok farms oh, where no. uh, where they just. They just force him to produce and produce and produce pearl after pearl after pearl so that they can on camera just squeeze it out of this guy and and show everyone these these nasty pearls that he's made. And he's never been particularly you know, he's not no, a that's public mostly an oysters game. Yeah, exactly. That's then that's an oyster game, but they've you know, they put they put nasty He's nasty, just a clam like, in an oysters world. Is it, they they pump him full of nasty sand to make him cough and choke, oh, and they're yeah. like, "Make a fucking pearl for us, you little bitch," and and it's really it's it's not great. He was always sort of a private individual now and uh, before, and now they're just spreading him open and putting their hands in there and rooting around for pearls for everyone on the TikTok live to see. And it's like, "Oh, thanks for the roses." And it's like, eh, "No roses for Johnny," and I I just want I want us all to to do what we can to get try him out of there. We got to save Johnny from this yeah. this horrible He's America's favorite bivalve. America's <laughs> absolute favorite bivalve and a long running patron to our podcast. Uh, and I I just I just feel like, you know, we shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. Wait, how can we how can we get him justice? Well, uh, first of all, you could donate to our Patreon. Yeah, no, that's 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 sound. that's gonna yeah. do it, right? That's gonna do it, right? Second of all, it's what he would have wanted. It is, it is, because I don't actually know if Johnny's, I don't know if Johnny's doing okay. But we, what we could do is we could, we could get we could get a group together, you know, sort of a, a literal Ocean's Eleven, mm. and uh, and go and 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 try and save Johnny. But to do that, you're gonna need to. Uh, we'll, we'll accept donations of money, of course, but we'll also accept donations of contacts to. I thought uh, you were going to say content. <laughs> <laughs> content? No, we'll we'll accept donations of contact to uh, to fun sea animals that have heisting ability that you may or may not know, like a like a really good octopus lock tiger pick, shark or a tiger shark, perhaps uh, that has. Um, you know, he's, he can drive the the car. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just saying we got to set up kind of a. Was that a shark in a car? <laughs> <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done, but but I think I think that's going to be the most fun way to save Johnny and truly get justice for Johnny is if we can kind of make a Disney movie out of it and uh, like a, like a real Pixar Finding Nemo spinoff. We just get a bunch of really fun uh, animals and we save our yeah. friend. If we live stream all of that on TikTok, then maybe we can sort of build a reverse movement. Oh, see, that would be great, too. We can put them out of business and then they let Johnny go. Yeah. See, all of these ideas are good ideas, uh, especially the Patreon one. Um, But but I think I think, you know, I think still hung up on this shark in a car. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What part? I I just would like to see that be our primary business model is a TikTok <laughs> with shark cars. <laughs> Sharks driving cars. <laughs> shark car live. Yeah, well, anyway, Justice for Johnny, and uh, when we launch Shark Car on TikTok, please make sure you follow us, and uh, and and yeah. Shark Talk. 
Yeah, if you can sort of like, you know, preemptively donate to the Johnny Memorial Fund, that would also help quite a lot as well. Yeah, he's almost certainly dead. Welcome back. So the bright side, if you're interested in my condition. I'm more uh, interested in Austin and the snake. Oh, well, okay. We can start there. How's I mean, that you're, going? You're, you're lost cause. We all know it. We all knew from the beginning. <laughs> we all, Everybody knew it. Well, well I, have a, I have a vial of liquid that I've been able to get from the snake, but I don't, oh. know, I don't know exactly what it will do, but it may be worth the the try okay how do we administer it well i don't know why don't you tell us the thing you were gonna say while i sort of figure that out all i was gonna say is that the kicking has done enough to my everything that uh, i actually can't feel below my nipples so Mm. uh, i'm doing much better uh from a pain standpoint Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so you just keep kicking away down there rory maybe it will uh actually work i'm helping you are. I think it's great. Um, what's not great is that I think I'm going to have to drink this. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to drink this. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or or the vial of precious anti-venom that I keep on a necklace around my neck. But I was going to save that in case I got bit. <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> from, from my snake party in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got it at birth. Oh, you just had it this whole time. Yeah, I just don't want to use it necessarily in case I get bit. Right. You're waiting for a stronger sign. I've had it the whole time. Yeah. It's that or the mystery mystery snake liquid. Hey, I mean, I'm I'm willing to try anything once. Yeah. The uh, thing is, though, once I give it to you, it's not going to be as funny for podcasts. So... I think oh. we just sort of dangle it a little while okay. longer. Well, maybe you're pouring it and it's really viscous and it takes this whole segment to sort of bloop mm-hmm. out into my mouth. Okay. Does that work? Yeah, yeah, we'll mm. start. Yeah, we'll tilt. Yeah. So during the rest <laughs> of this, se- this this next segment where I talk about Gunbuster, I want you to sort of imagine a slow molasses-like snake liquid sort of approaching. Um, And then when we get to the wrap-up. <laughs> Is wrap that up, working I, for anybody? Is that doing it for you? <laughs> <laughs> Gunbuster episode three, first love, first sortie. Uh, following a falling out with Kazumi, Noriko finds herself paired up with a young man by the name of Smith Torin. Ooh, Sumisu. Yeah, baby. Uh, this is a good one, but we need to spend at least a moment talking about the cold open, which I found very confounding. Mm-hmm. Um, just to sort of describe it briefly. Uh, there's text on the screen that says, for all you good folks, the story so far, which leads me to believe we're going to get a recap. Uh-huh. But then 
Instead, the rest of the scrolling text on screen is this absurdly long techno nonsense <laughs> explanation of quantum whatevers uh-huh. and Weinberg Salam theory. Like it just like it's minutes of nonstop fake science text while we get a completely unrelated audio over top. Yeah. I- <laughs> now, did you see where the text came from? Eventually, yes. It was uh, what, like a term paper that, that it was. It was the... Kazumi's high school physics notes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the audio under is Kazumi and Coach doing some kind of love ballad karaoke. karaoke? Yeah, and all the other pilots are like watching and clapping. Well, it's we we don't know if they're watching and clapping necessarily. I mean, we have audio, but it's all a black screen with with white text with physics with quantum physics data uh scrolling across it it's very strange i mean it certainly got me to perk <laughs> up yeah um i didn't I, at know the end, what to though, make it was of like it. when it was like oh these are cosmic notes and i was like oh wait okay that doesn't that's not a reveal that is that like it's a punchline but then i don't get it i don't get yeah. it either it was very strange if you're gonna be like here's the story so far and then just a plaster plaster somebody's physics notes while we hear karaoke like i, I get I, I get that it's it's helping us understand that kazumi is very smart and again to to recap kazumi is the uh secondary pilot character well, she's the senpai she's the hot yes, big the sis older, yeah to nori who's actually good yeah um actually why don't we why don't we do a brief little previously on gunbusters since the, the show did not actually provide it yeah, um, I actually, I want, I do want to say really fast that yeah. I, there is no, there's no transition after that. It just like we listen to a little bit of karaoke. It says those were Kazumi's notes, and then it goes straight to the Gunbuster theme, and it's it's so mm-hmm. jarring. Anyway, never addressed. It may come back in another episode. We may sort of see where this is going. I don't know. Maybe. Uh. Uh. Yeah. So what happened? What happened previously on Gunbuster? So, uh, our main character Noriko is a aspiring mecha pilot and she and Kazumi, her senpai got to leave from the all girls, uh, uh, Japanese all girls, uh, robot pilot high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the two of them got selected to go to, to go into space and join the war effort, uh, against the aliens. And so that we have not really seen so far, but did at one point kill her father. Um, mm-hmm. who's a war hero? Uh, once in space, they meet up with the big star destroyer style, uh, um, sort of ship, uh, that the, the, that the world is using to sort of mount their defense and join other mech pilots from around the world. Uh, and they're going to take off into hyperspace to like, uh, join the front of the battle mm-hmm. in like nine months or seven months or something, uh, when it gets built. Uh, the two girls go on a mission that dilates time and space, uh, and things kind of fuck up and they come back a little too late and they have like a week until the ship takes off. And, uh, yeah, so Nordico's missed all of her training opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because remember she was, she was hired basically, uh, by the coach for her potential. He sees potential in her. Uh-huh. She's very but... good at doing pushups in a robot, but she hasn't <laughs> done much else. Yeah, potential needs to be, uh, you know, worked out and given a foundation. And she has none of that, and she knows it, and she's nervous about it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you also left out the fact that they met a rival pilot named Jung Freud. That's right. And then, yeah, and they all took their shirts off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of where we're at in the beginning of this one. Uh, yeah. And they, uh, th- there's this fun little bit of world building that we jump into where whenever they go into subspace, things get a little weird and spooky uh, when they're doing yeah. warp travel. Yeah. And they kind of have to, like, hang tight in their quarters or, like, in their bunk or whatever the fuck it is and just, like, not do anything because, I don't know, shit's weird in subspace. And this apparently is the all kind of world cool. building. Yeah, this is the kind of world building that I love. Uh, yeah. It's sort of, like, humanizing these sort of – you take a sci-fi concept and then you apply, like, real human behavior and mythology and everything to it mm-hmm. where, like, just the detail, how detail-oriented – this show is and i I think gynax by extension is um yeah when they make this where it's like i don't know like things are different during subspace there's like myths about what happens during subspace they say that in the warp the dead wander and like yeah they like tell each other spooky stories and there's this like clearly long-standing tradition that they play like a dare like a fucked up sort of dare game where the person who draws like the the lowest the, the shortest straw or whatever has to like essentially break the rules, leave their quarters, go down a bunch of dark corridors, and go, get to this place and like climb up and tie their headband and leave it as like a you know proof that they've done it. Like some yeah, sort it's of like test a senior prank. Yeah, yeah. It's cute. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a lot of really neat shit going on. Uh, but. Noriko is the one who draws the short straw, and as she goes out there, she runs into Smith. What's his name? Smith Torin. Smith Torin, uh, who seems like a really cool guy, and he's hot and he's tall, uh, and he's got a big sort of exaggerated Street Fighter haircut. I was just gonna what say is- Street Fighter <laughs> hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Guile, like, or it's Guile, isn't it? Yeah, similar. He's got he's got you know triangle flat top, and. Uh, <laughs> and he scares her a little bit, but he's nice. And he, he's like, here, I'll take your headband. And he's going to, he climbs up and is going to tie it because the, they're doing the same thing. The guys, the guy pilots do the exact same shit. And, uh, they get caught by coach Ota and they're put in space detention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Space detention, which is to suit up, um, on the outside of the ship and like, I don't know, clean, do clean yeah. laser, laser lenses. Mm, yeah. Which again, such cool detail. I just I love all this stuff. I'm such a I'm such a nasty boy for all of this like cool detail. You gotta go work. clean the ship. You gotta remember to even though you're not a space, you gotta clean the ship. You gotta wipe yeah. the windshield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, and especially I mean, the lasers, they use those lasers very shortly afterwards. It's like you gotta polish the lenses on the lasers so that they shoot right. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. interesting. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um There were a lot of ideas in this one. And I did mm-hmm. I did kind of lose the thread of why things are happening in the middle a little. Um, yeah. And I guess some of it is is there is no why. It's just it it's uh, it's time. But um, yeah, I don't know. I felt a little unmoored towards the middle. It just felt like, OK, are we what kind of episode am I watching? And it, it didn't settle into place. Yeah. And mm. part of that, I think, is because they and I wasn't sure if this was something they were going for or not. Right. I mean, like it's hard to ascribe that kind of motivation to a creator just by looking at a thing. It's hard to know, but I think that 
to me, the vibe I got was like they go out. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but they end up going out to fight. Like all of them are, mm. yeah, there's are sent a, out to an fight. Enemy, an enemy presence that comes out. Yeah. And I, I wondered whether or not, because we don't get a lot of context, everything's a little overwhelming. And I was wondering whether or not that was sort of the point was like, yeah, to, to kind of unmoor us like she is. Like she's like, I have no idea what's going on. They're sending me to fight. I barely know how to work my machine. Well, where I know is everybody? That, yeah, I guess. I need to know that the aliens can kind of show up out of nowhere and do this. And that it's like a really constant ever present threat because they don't feel ever present. Like to they compare don't. it, to compare it to, to Battlestar Galactica, which is, yep. it seems like an obvious comparison. Yep. It seems like when we're on the ship and not fighting aliens, uh, it's character drama and mm-hmm. uh, kind of low stakes character drama in terms of the, the fate of the world. Kind of vacation and, time. Yeah. And I do not feel stressed out, you know, that the aliens are going to show up. Uh, it doesn't feel like that kind of show or it doesn't feel like that has been telegraphed to me that that everybody's kind of on tenterhooks waiting for the aliens at any time. Mm-hmm. I think and I think it can be difficult because, again, this is an OVA. This is like a six episode, you know, mini, you know, like mini show where that basically every episode is a different kind of TV show, you know. Because the story is moving, it's not really resetting back to, you know, here's the next problem of the week. It's like, this is one story told over six episodes. So, yeah. Um, and it's weird because, like, I, at the same time that I'm like, yes, that's true. And I agree with you. And that's part of why, why it's going on. Like, this, this isn't adapted from anything. This is an original. So, like, Gunbuster could have written something. Could have been whatever I wanted. For, yeah. For six episodes. Like, it could have written a thing that fit well in six episodes. Like, I don't I don't know how much slack I want to give it for, like, oh, they only had six episodes to tell this story, so they got to move things quick, and it's a little confusing. Like, they, all, they had six episodes. Like, they could have written something that was good for six episodes. Instead, it's, it feels like, at times, they wrote a 13-episode anime and then had to shove it into six episodes. Sure. And maybe that's what happened. I don't know. But that does create some... A little bit of weirdness, and it feels like the show's kind of leaving you behind sometimes. Yeah, what I feel mostly that I'm missing is, and I mentioned it, is all is causality. Like, I'm not following Mm. why A happens, then B happens, then C happens. She meets a guy, they get detention, the aliens attack. The detention kind of makes sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. And in terms of like, hey, this is what you did, this is why we're doing it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It, it it is it is an incredible show that is a it is a joy to watch. Uh, so don't take this as me saying I didn't enjoy this episode. I just sometimes feel as I'm watching it that it it starts to kind of speed. And past then this me. happened. I think yeah. yeah I think the happened. problem is that it doesn't have a lot of transition scenes. Um, mm, sure, there are a lot of. For be. example, we never see them leave. Uh, we never see them leave detention. They're just yeah. sort of back on the ship. And so it's hard to know, like, how much time just passed. Like, a- aliens attacking, like, is the, you know, like, it's, is it it's right? Hard yeah, to... that's how I felt. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It all felt very rapid. A few of those times when they skip a transition scene and it feels like maybe they could have actually kept that in um, just to sort of, you know, keep keep the scope, you know, like keep us our, uh, with the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, and not leave also, us sort of guessing I feel like, about how much time just passed. Tr- like just genre wise and trope wise and 
story-wise, I feel like, and we've said this maybe every episode so far, this episode could have been two episodes because I thought, you know, maybe we get back to the locker room and there's this really brief sequence where, like, young Freud and uh, and Amano, uh, whatever, what the hell's her first name? I don't remember. Kaz- the, the, Kazumi? The, yeah, Kazumi. Like, kind of throw Noriko some weird looks because she's, like, reading through the manual and trying to get dressed. And they're like, ho, That's ho, right. ho, she kind of sucks. <laughs> and there's, like, this really, really, really brief sequence there. But I thought, for instance, a scene that would sort of play out would be, hey, I saw you as Smith. What's going on? And we'd start talking about Smith and other people would find out that maybe she's going to fly with Smith or like or like that she knows Smith. And then like, OK, then we have the sequence where uh, where I'm, uh, uh, well, I am keep forgetting your name, but the senpai is like, hey, Kazumi. this girl's Kazumi's like, this girl is not ready, coach. I'm not going to fly with her because we're going to get ourselves killed. Yeah. And Noriko overhears it, and it's like, oh, my God, that's so terrible. And so, like, they're not going to be partners anymore. And so then it's like, okay, she partners up with Smith because Smith offers, like, hey, I'm a solo. Like, let's do it. Then what about other scenes? It's like, oh, you're going to partner up with him? That's fucked up. You're going to get each other killed. Like, like all these other possible sequences of, like, other people encroaching on this moment and finding out about it and commenting on it. But, no, instead we just get – it's like it's like it's happening in a fucking vacuum. Like she and Smith get together and they're flying together. We never even find out what's going on with the other girl. Did she get a new partner? Is she out there flying solo? What's going on? What's mm-hmm. happening? And this this is would be where I might uh, you know agree with Austin's earlier point about you know time management because we don't get we do not have the the page space the 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 screen time for everybody's reaction to everything that happens. Sure. Uh, which is unfortunate for a show like this, because that's what I want. And uh, yeah, it is I really, what I I'm, want. However, however, I will I will sort of also defend the show for while it is certainly doing only the bare minimum, most important scenes to sort of clip this along. Um, I think this sequence, when she actually goes out into combat for the first time, um, this feels deliberate to me as well where we are not seeing a bunch of other viewpoints. We are seeing everything through her eyes. And this is one of the coolest things I've seen, honestly. Um, Oh, it's great. I found this sequence to be incredibly terrifying and really like, unlike other stuff I've seen before in this kind of genre, um, because she goes out and in her robot, all she has her entire view of combat is this like porthole in the robot yeah. with a with a battle grid on it. And she's going out into space. She can hear uh, Smith on the comms, but she can't really see him. He's like, yeah, I'm below you somewhere. She's out in space, basically drifting in space. We can't see the enemy. Um, and all she, again, all she can see is a little porthole, maybe some little like lights ticking on the, you know, uh, on where enemies are, but she's only seeing things like flash by her. Um, she doesn't know where to attack, where to hit. She doesn't have the sort of grand scale of combat. Um, and it's like terrifying. It is, it is mm-hmm. imagine like she is like playing baseball out in left field with nobody else around. Right. And there's like maybe something happening over at home plate, but she's just like out, you know, yeah, 
completely by herself. Like, I don't know if a ball is about to whiz right past me. Like, I don't know, you know. Um, yeah, nobody taught me anything. I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, and it's just, it's a very humanizing take on the mecha pilot who is normally, normally the robot. It's funny because in ways this show is so much more successful at what I'm about to say, at at um, making the robot feel like an extension of the, the human pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is, what they don't have is just kind of like um a full perspective of the space of the, the scene the 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 cockpit is a limiter not a mm-hmm. you know not just a, mm-hmm. an easy an easy place to put a camera for uh, mm-hmm. uh to to catch their reactions yeah um it's really cool you always remember that that this thing is difficult to fly and not uh not like silly robot nonsense yeah yeah yeah. and it does it does feel real for war like i have never i've never been in war and this is you're gonna razz me for this but i have been in large-scale airsoft combat before as a teenager i did some airsoft Mm. events and what you end up doing what you do is you end up being holed up somewhere scared with your like weapon like behind a tree or underneath a rock or something and you don't know what's going on you don't know where anyone is maybe you see a little like pellet whiz by or something and you're just like mm-hmm. oh, oh, fuck i don't know where anyone is i don't know what's going on you know <laughs> like i don't want to move yeah. i don't know what to do like you are confused you do not have this like god mode view of the battle like i think yes. a lot of anime seems to do and to limit her perspective there is like and yeah, to keep track just, of it. I think it's easy to show yeah. that she has a limited view, but they to keep track of it and not let that um fall fall off the just fall off the narrative that yeah. like oh, when once the camera backs out, you know, everything's fine again. It's yeah, she's not, awesome. Yeah, no. They do kind of take it to the nth degree here when I talk about um you know, the blending. I think blending might be the right word. Blending the humanity and the robot aspects. Um after the battle it's kind of corny because there is this there is a robot that is eviscerated and it is somewhat effective but it is a little corny to see somebody tending a robot's wounds like uh like a civil war nurse yeah it's like <laughs> but, but, there's a person in there the person's okay are that is the person okay yeah it's it's yeah. It's, it's very odd yeah um, the combat i mean the combat resolves because we just see these like weird outline sort of blur and flash past her i guess those are the enemies but you know we never get a good look and then she calls out to smith and he doesn't respond and uh the the generals realize that they've been lured to this star there's this star that's going supernova it's like a red star called leaf 64 um and love uh, that game actually yeah man i played so much of that at my friend's house um <laughs> yeah they've been lured out to this place where i guess these enemies like to like lay eggs in a in a star, in a star. And then it'll like send it supernova as it hatches or something um cool stuff with that um yeah they got lured out there and they're like yeah we need to leave uh we we got we got played um mm-hmm. we got to abandon we're not abandoned but we got to like you know retreat um so unable to find smith Noriko just like goes back to the ship, um, and yeah, yeah he's dead. I guess he's get he's he's dead. He's gone. I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, we sort of get this like little montage of her afterwards, just kind of like wandering like a ghost, like she's just crying. 
she thinks to herself about how she didn't fire a single fucking shot as they like offload her warhead back into the ship. And she goes to visit the men's quarters where all the men, the the guy pilots are. And she like opens the door and they're just in there like fucking shells, like crying. And they look up and she's like, uh, and then like backs away and leaves. And like, she finds the headband that he tied for her and just starts bawling. It's so, it's so upsetting. Mm -hmm. It's so upsetting. It's like, what's, what's crazy to me is that this, I love Robotech. I love Macross to death, but this is, might be better, right? This yeah. is like it's the, clearly Roy an Fo- evolution. Ro- yeah. Well, Roy Foker, when Roy dies, it's very upsetting and sad, but it's nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is crushing, yeah. and this is a guy that we met this episode. You know, and it's I think like that's the I think thing. That's, yeah, it makes yeah. it it. Um, Roy, they they kind of I know they wanted to rug pull, but also wanted to build it up. And this just took it just it was just like the, you know, the tragedy of war. Yeah. Yeah. This is clearly people who loved Macross and were like, yeah, let's let's push this. Let's go for. Yeah. Let's Fucking go wild. Yeah. And it it's just it's really it's really upsetting. You know, I thought we were meeting a new main character. Truly. Mm-hmm. He has that energy. He's that they built him up and they gave him anime hair. They, they gave him anime hair. They gave him a design. They shared an indirect kiss. They did do that. They she, had some she, flirting. She sucked from his juice box. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a juice box. He gave it to her. She drinks from it. And once he leaves, then she blushes and has that great anime moment of, oh, I drank from his drink. An indirect kiss. <laughs> uh, you um, call it a great anime moment, and I call it the moment that's terrible and won't ever stop. Mm-hmm. Every show. I Every fucking time, every time indirect kiss is a fucking thing. I don't understand it. It's, I get it. It's a cultural thing. thing. Yeah. It's, but like, Jesus, it is so, it is so ever present. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to see it if you watch anime. And it's like the, the chocolate thing, like the, the special Valentine's chocolate or whatever. Yep. Yeah, baby. Oh. I'm glad we're not doing a Valentine's episode in, in, in Gunbuster. There's no time for <laughs> chocolate nonsense in space. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, the episode ends with her crying into Coach Ota's arms and being like, I need to know how to be better. I need to be good enough for, for Big Sis. Uh, I can't have this happen again. Yeah. I, I love that this show starts with the kind of magical thinking that happens with every sort of chosen one narrative. Mm-hmm. Um. And while, you know, it will still, I'm sure, ultimately prove that it was a good idea and that she is, you know, a, a good, strong main character who who can who has what it takes. She's earning it more than a lot of chosen ones. She yep. is. Yes. And it's it's also it's just like. It is really proving that you need to you do need to hit the books sometimes, man. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and- Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they kind of establish that she's not so much like a chosen one? She, her dad built a neural interface. That she, isn't that the thing that he I, she can pilot something he I, made. I, I mm. think that there's there was an implication that has yet to be borne mm. out into the actual plot that there is some sort of system that she's going to be good for. Like that's interesting because that's not exact. That is in a way a chosen one. Like she's the only one who can do it, but it it's a little bit more taped down. It's not like she's prophesied to lead them to victory. Mm, it's like, well, she literally is the only one with the, 
you know, the the DNA to to do it. Yeah, but also Coach's logic was, you know, hard to articulate in that first uh, yeah. episode yes. where it was sort of like, look, you know, I think you can do it. I think you have the potential, but you haven't done it yet. And yeah, everybody's I'll say like, I'm ah. I'm going to be annoyed if we go one more episode into like finishing episode four out of six without seeing her prove it somehow. I need yeah. to see her be cool next week. That's, because, that's <laughs> a thing that I need. Because they really are making these making this hard. You know, you can't just sort of wiggle some sticks around, you mm-hmm. know, and use the power of friendship and sort of save the day. It is really just like there are, there are instruction manuals for this thing. Like that's such a cool thing. I don't think I've ever seen that in yeah. any other mecha yeah, yeah, show, yeah. an actual instruction manual. And seeing <laughs> like, her, like she's trying to read this thing and navigate, like she's like in awkward positions in the cockpit, trying to read the thing and see what it's pointing to. It, uh-huh. it felt very, it felt very real. Yeah. Imagine yeah. driving a sports car at 60 miles an hour on the freeway while you're reading the instruction manual for the sports <laughs> car. And you've never driven a car before. Um, It's just, yeah, it's cool. It's just really cool. And it, 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 you, when you think, oh, she's fucked. And then she actually is fucked. Yeah. You know, when you see that bear out and it's not just like, and everything was fine. (laughs) It's great. I want to see more. I want to point out uh, that there is a, because this this show is sort of straddling the real robot and magic robot, you know, giant robot kind of vibes. Um, From time to time, yeah. I mean, we did see... Although I wonder if it's going to be kind of like a deconstruction. Because she has not done her anime move since the first episode. No, she hasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that if you if you immerse yourself a little more in the genre and the real robot genre... Oh, boy! Things like, uh, things like the... the, the um, the manual, like the printed manual stuff, that's kind of like a hallmark of the genre a little bit. Okay. Like, like the sort of like treating, treating mechs like they're guns or like, like, like one of my favorite shows, it's a little bit more of a comedy, but it's, uh, is full metal panic. There's like a, there's a kid cause he infiltrates a high school, but there's a kid who's kind of like tank kid, you know, that we we talk about, like the, the kid in your class that I was always way too knowledgeable about tanks. But he's always reading this this like publication called Jane's Almanac that's like it's like a gun magazine, but for Mecca. And so like there's lots of really fun world building stuff that like gets added in like that. And that's this feels like an like an early echo of that kind of genre. Like like Gundam dips into it a lot and that sort of thing too. I I I love that kind of thing. Real robots is my absolute jam i love when they get nasty and dirty into the the hard sci-fi of it uh but you know they show all the, that's the diagrams of the enterprise yeah. every deck yes please <laughs> well no i i'm not that kind of track fan austin i don't need to see i don't need to see where the turbo lifts go i'm okay with that i, that's I didn't a accuse you ship. of it you you self-identified and then backed <laughs> out of it no, no, I'm there for Mecha anime. I'm not there for what is clearly a magical ship, the for Star Trek, Trek energy. The Star Trek Enterprise is a magic ship, and you will not get me to argue otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it's fun. This I, I like this genre. I like this show. That's what All I'm right. at. Well, then, uh, anything else? Should we Should we? No, go I just got to gotta swallow. I got to swallow this thing real quick. Oh, we can do it in the wrap-up. 
Oh, I know. It's just it's almost there. It's almost there. Let's go to the wrap up. Okay, so Andy, it's Long. been yeah, it's been ten minutes since the liquid started sliding down. Yep. Yeah. How are you yep. feeling? How are you feeling? How is the? Can you feel anything other than? I feel kind of honestly feel kind of dirty. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not like like I feel like I feel a shame, like a snake shame. Um, you shouldn't man. No. No, dude. Is, is is what's happened to me beautiful? <laughs> you're you're control your own agency. I honestly, I want to try kicks again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, just fucking late. I mean, I'm mostly pudding now, but um, but you can kick what's left. Yeah, and honestly, if if that doesn't work, I think we can probably plant, or we could remove your head and put it in a jar, uh, like okay. the guy, like the guy from Mazinger Z. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Um, it would be also cool if you gave me the anti-venom from your neck, though. Man, I just, I just don't know if a snake is gonna bite me in the next ten minutes. So. God forbid you don't you know, have your if, head. If in it a happened jar. to you, it could happen to me. And I just, you know, mm. I gotta look out for number one. What can I say? Hang, <laughs> Sorry, if, if don't get distracted. That's that's just the sound of me trying to bite your ankles out of spite. <laughs> Am I reaching them? I can't reach your ankles. This is the, uh, this. Is hey, the Rory, what did you think about our episodes today? Uh, I loved them. I. <laughs> I I wasn't Ignore sure him. where we were gonna where we were gonna go with Mazinger. I think uh I think we lo- we all want to see more, right? I kind of want to see another Mazinger. God, I, I kind of do too, but I don't know. It's so it's so hard because like you know to part the curtain a little bit. Like we've got other shows that we could slot in here waiting in mm-hmm. the wings that I That's also true. find interesting, but we could also find another time or place to watch them. Yeah. We I can think... bring, bring back a giant robots arc. I don't, I think yeah. they've got more than one show about giant robots, but I'll have to double check. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think if we walk away from Mazinger now, we're not going to come back. True. So if we want to watch a bit more of Mazinger, it might be good to do it now. Like at mm-hmm. least one more, just like to probe somewhere else, find another mm-hmm. fun, get a you know, more Doctor Hell. Hell. <laughs> yeah, get some get some Doctor Hell focused content. Figure out what the rest of this show kind of looks like because I I dug it. I really did. I had a good time uh, in yeah. a way that I don't think I've enjoyed something from that time frame almost yeah. ever before. I know, uh-huh. I know. Like I said, it it does it does show its age, um, but it kept it it kept a lot of the juice. Yeah, much mm-hmm. like a much like a nice solid wood table that they made in the seventies, uh, <laughs> that is still still looks great. Um, you know, this really, you know, you can see the craftsmanship even today, fifty years later or whatever. Totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's this or fucking what Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather not do that one. <laughs> maybe some, maybe some speed buggy. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy how much more value there is on the bone 
Uh, <laughs> also, then there, speed buggy, anything speed we were buggy and Hong Kong Fooey don't have jets grander. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Play the song. Yeah, we'll see you next uh, Tuesday. I won't, though. <laughs> I died. We'll see you next Tuesday. Well, Andy's replaced by Jet Scrander. Scrander. <laughs> 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 <laughs>